Hi, and welcome to episode 46 of season two of the Connect2 podcast. I'm Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Mark. Another week. Another week. Another dollar. <laughs> Another. Make about a dollar a week now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Not a good week. <laughs> so, I'm actually in a really good mood. Excellent. Yeah. Don't try not to screw it up. Thank you. <laughs> You're new to the um new to the channel, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, most of you find us on iTunes where lots of uh lots of downloads. Um anyway, um and if you want to find out more about some of the details about what we've discussed, check us out on our Facebook page, the Connect to Podcast um yeah we try to i try to post links to whatever deep dive links are phenomenal (laughs) i i i am remiss in posting my weekly notifications about the podcast but that might that might change now okay i might get a little bit more on the ball but i always appreciate your your facebook topical connections to something that we've talked about it's always very cool it's kind of fun um so today's coffee is uh from uh hatch coffee out of markham ontario which is just north of toronto fazenda ums espirito santo from brazil it is got tasting notes of hazelnut toffee and apple it's very nice yeah very nice definitely taste that I have to say that um, having tasted all this coffee, it has definitely changed my the flavor profile that I like for my coffee. Yeah, uh, which are distinctly different from what I like from espresso. For espresso, I like one right. style, and for for drinking, I like a little more more balanced. So. <laughs> um, what are your dad jokes? Any dad jokes? Yeah, did you hear about boiling water? It passed away. It will be missed. <laughs> what did the sushi? Say to the bee. The sushi say to the beat? The bee. The bee. Uh, I don't know. Wasabi. <laughs> Did you hear the bicycle fell over? No. It was too tired. <laughs> Spider-Man has a winter jacket made out of Mediterranean flatbread. It's called Peter Parker. <laughs> Peter Parker. <laughs> And what does Batman call his grandmother? Uh, Granddaddy? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's it. Yeah. I had the wrong tune. The right words. Hey, what would bears be without bees? I don't know. Ears. And what did the buffalo say to his son when he dropped him off at school? Yeah. Bison. I probably should have been able to guess that. My IQ is not so good this morning. Hey, how do you make an egg roll? You push it. (laughs) Okay, last one. Uh, Justice is a dish best served cold. Because if it were served warm, it would be just water. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Okay. Holy crap. Exactly. Good stuff. What'd you learn this week? Hmm. So here's a here's a worrying story, and and I, this this is from Forbes.com. I heard about this on social media, but I actually looked into it, uh, triangulated on several reputable sources. That's how you do it, kids. And so it turns out there's some real concern about uh, a massive potential for massive earthquake off the coast of 
well, Oregon, but obviously would impact Seattle, Vancouver, Vancouver Island. There is a hole at the bottom of the ocean, 50 km, about 50 miles off the coast of Oregon. And they it's not a very big hole from what they can see. They thought it was spewing warm water. They found this on some sort of sonar, right? I mean, science is amazing. And so they thought it was spewing warm water, which is unusual. But they went and they investigated. And apparently it is spewing something that is called tectonic lubricant. I didn't even know existed. Holy crap! So between the 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 the, uh, the massive plates, there is apparently some kind of liquid, right? That this is very common in all of these areas, and the fact that this is spewing, um, they're concerned because obviously, first of all, they've never we've never seen this before. I mean, obviously it's happened, but this is the first time we've been able to express it, and. Um, Talk about it's shooting out of the seafloor like a fire hose, and their concern is that at some point, if the pressure um, drops, right, because it maintains pressure, then suddenly it might trigger what could be as high as a 9.0 on the Richter scale um, earthquake with all of the uh, associated fun and games of tsunami and so they don't know how long it's been. From what I understand, they don't know how long it's been. Uh, spewing and and of course we don't know does this mean something is imminent um and what does that even that mean but certainly it's a bit of a concern uh because they've been predicting that for for decades right mm-hmm. um yeah if the fluid pressure is lower the two plates will lock and that's when the stress can build up so yeah isn't that isn't that something Tectonic lubricant. Didn't even know. Didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> uh, all, all I can think of is like a knee joint. If if whatever if shit was spewing out of your knee, you'd be worried. eventually you'd be like, eventually those two bones are gonna start rubbing together. Oh Jesus! <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I've never heard of tectonic lubricant. So that is very cool. Um. So I um. So have you ever had broken rice? Broken rice. This is not a dad joke. No, I have not. Well, maybe I have. Tell me about it. Well, so uh, so we get uh, we have a subscription to this uh, Fresh Prep, which is there's a whole bunch of them. Hello Fresh, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Chef's Plate. Uh, there's a right. whole bunch of them. Basically, they kind of deliver ingredients for a meal, including a recipe, and you basically just put it together. Uh, the the Fresh Prep that we are using is kind of cool because it has this. Um, zero waste packaging oh so it yeah basically comes in like a giant complicated tupperware container mm. with all the bits and pieces right. in there which you then eat and afterwards and, or what? no no and then you basically <laughs> when you're done you rinse it out and return it and they oh, come collect it. i love that and then uh, so it's very cool um the uh anyway they so this week's it was some sort of sticky chicken with broken rice and okay like, okay well what broken rice yeah so it turns out broken rice well when you when you normally get rice you see the whole the whole uh, uh the grain the grain yes the whole thing it's intact <clears throat> right so in vietnam where most of the broken rice kind of initiated uh, yeah. basically if you have rice that's not intact mm-hmm. it's uh considered a substandard rice oh. and it's 
called broken rice. Okay. So it's basically the rice that's not full of grains. Okay. Okay. And where that's useful for in Vietnam is that it is less expensive than regular whole grain rice. Okay. Sure. But it turns out the broken rice in North America is actually more expensive than whole grain of because course. it's rarer. Right. So, sure. But uh, anyway, and it's smaller, a bit more uniform in terms of size, surprisingly. Oh. And so it tends to cook a little <clears throat> faster, have a nuttier flavor. And, wow. Yeah. So, so how do they break it? No, basically they shift, they uh, sieve it. Oh, and the intact okay. So anything stay, that is anything not that a full grain gets is a broken rice. Bizarre. So, but okay. but apparently it's more expensive. To of course, buy in North America because, because yeah, of course, you know, fancy. we do everything back. Interesting. Um, I love this reusable package idea, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to my kid. They were really quite. They're, they're amazingly, like they have. It's like a, a big box. Yep. And then inside the box is like this these ledges and with little containers that hang on the ledge. Oh yeah. Right. So you can put bigger stuff underneath. Interesting. And then in the little ledges, and they're all measuring cups. So okay. they're all sized. So yep. any liquids will go in there. Anything like uh, garlic or any anything will go in there and then the whole lid yep. is got like rubber seals that go around each of the yeah. each of, it's hard to describe uh maybe i'll try and see if i can find a <laughs> get picture. a picture of it yeah. did we talk about milkmen last week <laughs> no we did not <clears throat> so this reminds me I, I was having this conversation with my with my younger son i don't even remember how this came up but we were talking and i was telling him about how well when i was a kid but but probably would have been on the very end of it but my uncle, for instance, when he was younger, was a milkman. Uh, he eventually became a police officer and a firefighter. But his first job, you know, in his early 20s was, was being a milkman. So I was explaining to him how back then, you know, you'd have milk delivered. Well, maybe daily. Well, daily or every two days. Yeah, yeah. Glass bottles. I was saying. Well, we know, got bags. Okay. But this is like in the 40s, right? Yeah, yeah. It would have been glass bottles. And even, I said, there are probably still some houses in Edmonton that have this where there's a little door. Yeah. Yeah. Milk right? door, yeah. yeah. And then you'd put your empty bottles yep, that's right. and then it was like a little pass through. Yeah. And he was just fascinated by that. So well, the, the idea of, of this company saying, you know, we're going to start reusing. Cause again, when I was a kid, I'm sure you too, I remember Coke and, and back then we had Coke and seven up and that was kind of it. Um, you know, you'd get reused bottles, right? They would yeah, yeah. be, kind of scratchy and I mean, they were cleaning them and, and, and uh, sanitizing them, but the bottles would get a little bit older and, and you'd have the label would was spray painted on or some kind of coating. Right. But after a while it would start to get a little bit worn and they would recycle it then. But this idea of, of one use bottles, um, but do they, no way, uh, right. Well, cause we do, yeah, we do return the plastic there like with beer, Beer bottles and stuff. Do they not do that still, or do they I melt them down? I think they melt them down and break them. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's true. The beer was the same way, right? Those yeah, yeah. like the stubby bottles. You'd return it. It would go back to the brewery, and they they would clean it and sanitize it. And I don't think they do that anymore. And uh, if, if you look at the gauge of the glass, if that's the right term, the thickness. Uh, thickness. They're quite a bit more. Um, thinner now right okay. like those old stubby bottles were, they were pretty thick. you know about a quarter of an inch of glass right and they were heavy and you could see what they would you know they would survive getting put back into racks and 
it's, you know. Well, you know, I think it's always interesting. Like if you ever go to a winery, and if you if you buy a bottle of wine, yes, uh, that uh, so like if you get a white wine or a, a lighter red, yep, it'll come in a particular. They have different, often different bottle shapes depending on the type of wine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you get a really heavy, expensive wine, yes, like a um, like a big heavy Cabernet Sauvignon, or yep. something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one that's more expensive if you ever grab that bottle those things tend to be crazy heavy right they are significantly <clears throat> thicker sure and they're much more expensive yep just the bottle itself um but i always wonder like is that because it's a darker glass and to sort of protect the wine you know i think it's just a, a more of a an aesthetic thing okay kind of like a cork right right cork cork does provide both a benefit and a, and a disadvantage to wine. Oh, yeah. So cork, uh, if you knew something was going to introduce a 10% failure rate on your product, wouldn't you do something to get rid of that thing that was introducing the 5 or 10%? I'd call Mr. Stelvin, see if he had any ideas <laughs> for me. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's what cork does. But I think cork, his name was Joe. Joe so, Stelvin. But the, uh, but the advantage of, uh, so there's a Stelvin enclosure, which is a <laughs> non-cork-based enclosure uh, for wine. And uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's you get now twist-off caps are pretty common with right. white wines and less expensive red wines yep. and, uh, and lighter red wines. Yes. But what you don't, but with more expensive wines, you tend to get cork. Right. Now, cork is more expensive uh, right. to produce, but it has an aesthetic associated with it sure. that people really like. But they also have those uh, that artificial cork, right? It's more of a, like a plasticized. That's right. But, yeah. but the problem with the plasticized cork and the Stelvin enclosures and the twist-off caps is that uh, no air gets in. Right. So air is um, air can be a friend or a foe for wine. So with uh, when you have wine that ages for a long time, so there's certain types of really big, heavy, tannic mm-hmm. red wines. They actually need some of that air to to get in, yeah. and that's how a bottle will age, right? And it will improve with age. Sure. Uh, so you need the cork in those, yeah. Even though that introduces a, a kind of a fungus that causes uh, what are called corked yes. bottles. Every I think it's three to five percent or something like right. that of, of, of the cork is infected with this and will affect the wine but um, so if you don't have the air going and it's like frozen in time right so that becomes a problem with these really big reds you can't yeah they won't age and well, there's uh, a shortage of cork or there was well cork is kind of a weird thing yeah. like um i was in, i was in portugal and it, it's amazing to see the cork trees because basically it's the bark of a of a cork tree right right and they peel this cork off and then they make cork cork but uh and it grows back and it it, but the smell is amazing and even the the um um uh, my godmother's uh, family we were at at their place in evera this was years ago and um they grilled sardines for us oh yes which was amazing um, just olive oil and garlic, but it was uh, um, barbecued or cooked on an outside grill. Yep. With cork, um, cork wood. Yep. Yep. Man, the smell and the taste was incredible. So, <laughs> have you considered 
what is what are they calling it? I just saw an ad for the, the Golden Visa. Uh yeah. Uh, well, that, the weird thing is, because apparently there's only like three more months that this will be offered. You can buy. I guess you have to invest in some property, and then you become. It's a fast track to. EU citizenship and a and an EU passport. Yeah, I think seven I'm, days a year in the in country or some. Yeah. Well, the thing is that I uh, I think I'm eligible for an EU visa because my mom was Portuguese. Okay. So uh, originally I was thinking I could get it through my dad because my dad was British, but that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, you can get a British passport for whatever that. And I already for. own some property in Portugal. Yeah, so, so you should be able to get. See, I would die for an EU passport. I think that would be great. Well, not literally, but I think that would be awesome. Well, I always thought about that, but I thought I'm never going to work there. So. Yeah, but you can go and you could retire there. I suppose. Spend some time. Yeah. Um, Anyways, okay. Let's. Uh, so. Uh, and did we talk about physics girl? I think we did, didn't we? Yes. I mentioned that she's been suffering yeah, from long COVID. Yeah, I looked that up. I, I was shocked. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. I'm, I can't remember her real name, but. Um, oh, yeah. It, I, it, uh, I think I posted it on the last okay. week's thing. But, uh, I'm but yeah. Just, like, I, I, I read a bit more about her. That So she is suffering from long COVID. And it's absolutely debilitating. Absolutely. So, yeah. uh, so there's like, like in this, its most acute form yeah, that I've ever heard of. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, there's like a scale of one to a hundred. Okay. hundred being, you know, you can get on, do everything. You're quite functional. And okay. Zero is can't get out of bed, can't feed yourself. And she's basically been hanging around like one or two. I know it's, it's terrible. Like, and it, it's, um, and she just got married. She got married in, in May, May of last year. 22, yeah, I and, know. And um, they, then they both got COVID. I mean, it was, you know, the photographs from their wedding are beautiful. I saw. She is just one of these people who's so full of life and so inspiring and so so just this smile. I know. And, and uh, super bright and, and you know, oh, I know yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. It's absolutely terrible. So yeah. Anyway, uh, okay. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about. So on from that from that unhappy note. Well, let's go on to something else now. So we're going to talk about rebirth and rebirth renewal and and, renewal. Uh, and uh, well, spring is in the air and uh, <laughs> everything is looking a little more optimistic. The true. sun is out longer and uh, the skies are clearing yeah. up. Well, I want to talk about this specifically because I have been so monday for me I, I was jokingly talking to my wife and kids it was kind of a rebirth day for me and what they meant you know what i meant by that is um you know the last few years I, i've been through some a lot of stuff and um uh, an existential depression if that is an actual clinical term and um and part of what i had done is i had started working at Nate, you know, part-time. And then well, you, did, you started there a long time ago. Yeah. 2018, but that's when everything started to kind of go off the rails. Right. It's been a, a long process. And as of December, January, you know, I've kind of closed down my practice in terms of consulting and, and still have my corporation, but now I've gotten into the, to the business brokerage, which I am loving by the way. Uh, so it's just a, this, you know, we've got financial things and just a lot of stuff has been, I mean, we've all lived through COVID. So, yeah. I mean, I think everybody can relate to that. So finishing teaching um, for now was just this sense of, okay, I can, I can rally some energy, kind of reinvent, 
you know, get or almost like recommit to things like some weight loss, more exercise. It's just been a long time where all of these things have been on the back burner. I was just like, this is awesome. So just this idea of can you reinvent yourself? Should you reinvent yourself or re recommit yourself to things? And, and what is that like? So far, I'm absolutely loving it. I spent the last two days purging my office. Uh, I think I was just telling you about that. Found some old, you know, like there's so much stuff that I bought over the last 20 years that I had intended to do things with, you know, um, or I've found all of these like old blog posts or, or half written uh, some, some online courses that I was developing that I never really completed. Right. There's all of these vestigial things and they kind of been weighing me down. Right. It's been sitting in my office and all these binders and just getting rid of all that stuff, which I've been very reluctant to do up until recently, because there was always this sense of, well, maybe one day, you know, it'll come in handy. Um, but it's just been such a, a, a freeing thing. My wife's been doing the same with other parts of our home. I can't wait to, uh, my next project is my, my, uh, my closet, my wardrobe, got all these old clothes that I haven't worn for years. All that stuff's going. And it's just this amazing feeling of liberation. Yes. In fact, I posted, I don't know if you saw on LinkedIn, yesterday I posted two things. First thing I found, I have 10,000 paper clips in my office <laughs> that I've somehow accumulated over all new. Do they talk? Right? No. Is it like the little micro, <laughs> yeah, micro stuff? Like no, I just have these boxes and boxes of, of staples and, and other that I just acquired over. I must've thought, Oh, I need paper clips. You know, you do that three or four times over the years and you wind up with this ridiculous stash of paper clips. And then I found an old picture of myself uh, from about 1995. I think it was at AD Williams. I put it on LinkedIn yesterday. I actually found a series of these uh, hard copy prints, like under a pile of stuff. And I was like, Oh my God. Um, I don't remember when these, these photos were taken. They're clearly corporate headshots. Mm -hmm. And I think it might've been at Williams engineering. And so I posted one of them yesterday because it's just hilarious. I have not quite a full head of hair, <laughs> but, but a reasonably here, I'll see if I can find it. Reasonable uh, amount of hair. I got the goatee going. Oh, really? And yeah, so I showed my son and he was like, what the hell kind of hairstyle is that? And I'm like, it was kind of popular back in the day. And he was like, well, thank God we live in the 2020s now here. Look. Oh my god! So you can post. I'll send that to you. Absolutely, you can post it, right? Yeah, no, that would be. This is not the best picture. Uh, some of them I was more smiley, but I thought this is kind of the funniest of the bunch. <laughs> but thirty years, yeah, it's like a thirty-year-old, almost thirty-year-old picture, right? So, oh yeah. Uh, well, it's gotta be thirty years old. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, can you renew yourself? And a sense of almost a euphoric um lightness is is really awesome you know what do you think i think it's kind of well you know it's interesting because uh i find um with um so this past weekend i went to the canadian imaging Con conference oh yes and yep. you meet all kinds it's nice because uh for me it's kind of getting to spend some time with generally uh <laughs> like-minded like-minded individuals uh are interested in photography and and so it was a professional photographers of canada canadian yep. imaging kind of, because there's lots of courses and 
stuff you can take on photography, but a lot of it's at a pretty basic level. And the nice right. thing about this is a pretty advanced level in general. Yeah. Right. So you're getting, you know, some really great speakers, sure. really advanced techniques, but you also meet some interesting people. So I met this, this woman, uh, her name is Kayla Gordon. Okay. And I got to, she's from Winnipeg. Uh, she's amazing, uh, amazing individual with, um, just full of life. Oh yes. Right? And she's yeah. always trying interesting things. She's, uh, so for me, I tend to, I take, tend to take photos of like landscapes or um um uh, you know pets and all that yeah, stuff. She's yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of a street photographer, so she likes okay. to take portraits, candid portraits of people. Candid. Yeah. And she's really good. Like okay. her photos are really kind of really get the release excellent. then. But what's really interesting is she's decided to do something fun. She's like, you know, we've talked a lot about AI. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. uh and I think it's today she's just launched her new Ooh. her new website called Crazy Art. Okay. Crazy Art. Crazy Art. Okay, by Kayla. By Kayla. Yeah. And she, what she does is she takes photos and she uh, feeds it into Midjourney and creates crazy art. And um and and uh and and so it was it's kind of cool like it, it they're okay they're really neat and uh is this the woman because i just saw a, an article that said or like a headline that said some photographer i don't know if he'd been given an award but he was getting a lot of of positive feedback for a portrait he did and then he had to admit that it was an ai well, well, generated absolutely and then he now he's calling for a new category but, in but, photography but look at this these are amazing these are amazing they're i mean they're colorful uh, now are these completely ai generated these are ai generated yeah so the, there's no these are not real people these are not real been people. enhanced no but but it's there's a lot of work to try and get it so it's super interesting right and uh yeah you gotta coach the thing right but and what was really cool is she uh she did uh she she posted something on facebook so would you say she's reinventing herself then as an artist she's just having fun i think this right. is the thing so she she's just finds this super interesting yeah. and she's having fun and because she's doing that she's uh it's it's just an experience that uh um it's just an an exp yeah it's like this it's kind of neat to get people who are so invigorated and jazzed by something that they just start, uh, mm -hmm. they start um, just exploring stuff. So here, so here, she she did one here, and, and I'll try and I mean, put the link to it. But what was really cool you know, when you look at these images, but, it it but, it's mind blowing. But then you got to look at that image. Do you notice anything weird about it? Oh yeah, there's. Uh... It's like three gay gentlemen in crazy pastel yeah. clothes, but there's the a AI problem. is a little confused about how many legs people should have. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Looks like they cross legs, but they're missing the other leg. Yeah, and then one guy has no legs at all. <laughs> Old legless Jim. Yeah, but still, if you think about, let's take computer games for an, for example. You know, because I'm a, I'm a gamer and and this is a constant theme when people will go back and do a retrospective of where we were, you know, 30 years ago when I started doing computer games and knew some engineers that had, you know, PC based games. And now 
you look at some of the stuff that's coming out with the on the on the newest platforms like the PS5, you know, Unreal Engine and the photorealism is it's mind blowing. Yes. So how long have we been doing AI generated photography? I mean, in, less, in a, in a less than a year yeah. before getting like, getting, I mean, there's probably people who were experimenting before, but look at the quality of that. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. It's missing legs, but if you look at the faces, the background, so fast forward 30 years, it's going to be unbelievable. Right. And then once AI starts generating game environments, and VR based, you know, so we're going to have to reinvent ourselves as denizens of a different kind of world. Well, exactly. But, but this is kind of but the, the point is the rebirth, fun, the fun and yeah. kind of like just super invigorating. Um, Absolutely. Anyway, it, it, it's kind of, well, and I think it's again, to tie it into something else that, that we've talked about and that obviously I'm, associated with with exit planning and 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 brokerage now is the rebirth or the reinvention of people when they retire right mm -hmm. like when you either sell a business or or even if you maybe are someone who's been working just as a as an employee but you've got a 30 or 40 year career um you know they it's been demonstrated that the people who are the most i think likely to pass away reasonably quickly are the folks who don't have don't a have, reinvention, right? Well, exactly. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's the whole concept of you need three things in life, someone to love. And, and I don't think it needs to be two legged. It could be a four legged, could be, um, uh, animal and, it, um, but something to love, uh, or someone to love, um, something to do, right. And something to look forward to. Yes. So if you start, Oh, and tequila, and tequila, <laughs> Tequila Mockingbird. The fourth thing. Yeah. Well, no, absolutely. Um, and, and I, and I, so think, it can be done. I think it can be done because, uh, yeah. you know, so, so, uh, Kayla is, um, she's just a few years older than me, but she basically, so I got to so spend like 71 or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. And, uh, I got to spend some time with her because, uh, I had booked on Monday. I was planning on driving home Monday night and, booked myself for a tour and didn't realize it went till sunset. I'm going, I, I can't drive home that late. I will be too exhausted, especially okay. if I was going to be staying, well, a man of your age. I well, I'm going to be staying up doing, uh, <laughs> staying up doing like um, shots of the Milky Way. For sure. And uh, I'm going, I, at some point in time need to sleep. Yes. And I don't want to be sleeping on the road. So, um, smart so, move. So I had yeah, arranged good decision. We, we were going to, basically leave early and she needed to catch her flight oh, so okay. i basically gave her a ride so i got to spend a bunch of time with her yeah. all day on on monday and oh, it's, nice. it was fascinating well her stuff is amazing so i mean i i mean here's a great example i think of technology you know maybe is more of an avenue now for people to reinvent themselves mm -hmm. Right. Because if you think about, I mean, it's not that this is all that simple, but take music or art, right? If you've never done anything very seriously, let's say like painting, right? It's it's a big learning curve. I mean, you can still have fun with it, but to, to be any good, you know, it takes a long time. Yeah. But with some of the technology, if you've got creativity, it may be just it's it's more practical to try to express 
some of these ideas. So maybe there's an opportunity for people to, to discover, you know, with the use of, of um, uh, technological assistance to release creativity, even if it started at an older age without having to spend like five years just getting, well, I mean, you know, the fundamentals of, well, the problem, the interesting thing is, so at the PPOC conference, so there were kind of like two camps. Oh, AI is going to get rid of all of our jobs. And, you know, we're going to, you know, the, wall, the sky is falling. And, and, and maybe the sky is falling. But, you know, there was definitely people who were fearful of AI right. and what it's going to do. And then you got like, Kayla, who's like embracing it. And, right. tr- and, and like, so I talked to her, I said, like, you know that you can't, copyright an AI photo said I don't care I am generating these images and I'm going to sell like little prints and cards and all that stuff because why not why not so you cannot copyright an AI photo in the US they've determined that if it's AI generated you can't copyright it is that because the AI is in essence it's it's not plagiarizing but a, a, a form of plagiarism right because it's going out to the internet it's gathering up an aggregation of all of these different images. Like if you tell it to draw me an old woman, it doesn't know what an old woman is. It's got to go and find well, samples and say, okay, this is an old woman. Well, that that's an, in, uh, so that sounds like a reasonable uh, assessment, but that's not where they came from. Oh, okay. so this was decided by, I can't remember which level of court in the U.S., but it was it's fairly recent. It's fairly groundbreaking. Okay. But their justification was very simple. There wasn't a human involved in creating the image. Mm. So, uh, so it would be the same putting, for a story or a song? or uh, I guess so, but I don't think they've uh, tested it beyond... That'll kill AI I right th- there. I don't think they've tested it beyond... Um, yeah. Beyond... Uh, images okay so because uh, that'll be the end of that because if you can't monetize people will be like well what good is it yeah well that <laughs> that is a, that is an interesting perspective right? right people be like well who gets the money well exactly nobody what <laughs> well forget that then well, well that's that's an interesting question because i don't think they have an answer yet that's like remember that meme of jason kenny talking to nurses this was really popular they were explaining public health care to him yeah this is sort of, it's like a cartoon right and he kept asking but who gets paid and they're like nobody it's just it's well that's a stupid idea <laughs> so it's kind of the same idea. well i i do think that that's that's a, so you're gonna have that problem with music you're gonna have that yeah. problem with uh, stories you're gonna have right. that problem with like if you can't copyright it well it won't be long before then you, how do you monetize you it can, because it means people can just copy it exactly it won't be long before ai will be able to generate in fact it may already be doing that movie live action yeah, yeah. film right yeah yeah well that, i'm sure that's coming because you've already got the yeah. deep fake stuff so yeah. then you could well, like, deep fake the again, voice. If you, you take a look at everything. Unreal Engine, people have been making Unreal Engine movies for a little while now. Right. Uh, a lot of it's Star Wars based because all the stormtroopers wearing helmets. So you, it's easier, obviously, to render helmeted people. Because they don't right? have facial expressions. But the, the environment, even the body movement, like, you know. It's coming. It's coming. So again... Everybody would be making their own movies. Make me a movie about a cowboy who's named Jim, uh, has a horse named Pete, and uh, they're uh, fighting the Mexican army. Well, 
Oh, and uh, throw in some chick there for uh, a love interest. Well, and the I, thing is like, boom, here's your movie, senor. <laughs> well, I think the, the problem is that, you know, there's created exclusively by human hands, created exclusively by computer, and then there's everything in the middle. Right. Right? So um, the determination from uh, this American court decision is um, may not stand the test of time. Yeah. Because because of this this gray area, like how right. do you, where do you draw the line? Where does it become monetizable and not monetizable? Sure. Right. I mean, because you could argue if, in fact, the argument because it seems pretty simplistic, if the argument is well, it's not original because you're aggregating information. Yeah, well, I don't think. I don't if think you're that a was, painter, I don't. Think you that was do the, the same thing, right? Unconsciously, nobody just paints something that's never existed before, unless you're like a surrealist. But if someone says, "Well, I want a painting of," I don't know. Wow, it's like two clowns in a car. You know, you're gonna even if it might be an original painting, the clowns are gonna look like what you know a clown looks like. You're gonna be inspired you're by gonna scare a whole bunch of people who are fearful you know, of clowns. And people would be like, "Hey, that looks like the fender of a you know a '59 Ford Fairlane," and you'd be like, "Oh, maybe it is," you know, but I didn't consciously know that. Oh, and the other interesting thing about AI that, uh, like, Mid Journey is kind of like the engine that does most of the hyper realistic, super realistic stuff, right? Apparently, and it does crazy good job except it does not do a good job on one thing which is letters letters yeah so uh i think that doesn't have a problem with fingers too not so much as not so much anymore as it did before there's a okay. new version They're getting better that's a paid version i think it's mid journey five okay it does much better but it still struggles with with letters interesting so like uh, if you had in the background like a like a like a sign over a restaurant or something well like you can get like be... these crazy perfect rendering of a Porsche at night and all that stuff. But what, where it'll screw up is it can't write Porsche and it can't do the license plate. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Wonder why? I don't know. It, but, and it's funny cause I tried to do it. It says pooch. I did, I did a dolly. <laughs> you uh, like my pooch? I did a dolly. Um, I tried to dolly is the open AI version. Yes, I've used it a few times. And I it's used pretty it. Neat. I used it to try and do a logo. And uh, you can see how it's screwed up a little. Oh, my God. <laughs> like it's it just, can't do letters. Yeah. Whereas I did. Uh, so this is the photo I took. And Which I is. Put in, and okay. then it, and it created four versions. Wow. Of the same thing. This is that, what you, yeah, because you and Lori have been doing. So these are Dolly. And, it, and I tried to do this with the steampunk. And it did weird stuff to the eyes. Oh, man. But, so this is just the open Dolly. Because I have this. Yeah, this is the free thing. Oh, I didn't know you could upload a picture. I've you just played with a, it where I've just. You told can, it to do something. Yeah, you can upload a picture and then have it generate something. Oh, right? I'm going to upload that picture of me from 30 years ago and see what it does. Uh, Let's yeah. make me a pirate. <laughs> that could be fun. Um, I didn't get any work done today. I've been screwing around with Dali. And I can't even monetize it. Damn you! Exactly. <laughs> but no, I, I... You know, a lot of people are afraid... We've always been afraid, right? Well, that's the People thing. People are like, oh, that wheel, you know, it's going to really screw everything up. And yet we've always managed to somehow, and and maybe things are different because there's some AI people that have argued um, because this, this can actually be doing 
it, it can now create, right? It's the first time that something is able to create kind of independently. So maybe there's something to that. But there's always been this, this propensity for uh, prediction of the end of whatever, right? And so, I don't know. We'll see. Now the ocean spewing lubricant, that's new. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that just sounds like like trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think the I think the whole issue with uh is that whole you can you can either uh, embrace it right. or you can shy away from it you can try to resist it well one of the things that is was that interesting this is yeah that's kayla uh, hold on that's, oh that's an ai version of kayla so uh, that's awesome i will uh but the interesting thing about it is uh, even at this weekend so you know i've been shooting with mirrorless cameras for photography for the last 13 or so years yep and i kind of switched over to exclusively mirrorless probably like 20 13 or so a fair bit of time oh you right were you cutting edge i was an early adopter Ooh, okay cool. and uh so it's funny so i and i actually so i i, I have this whole ecosystem of mirrorless cameras that i use and i i have like a full set and then i'm i'm slowly starting well slowly not that slowly but i'm i'm also getting a new set of uh of mirrorless cameras okay. for from Panasonic nice to go with the ones that I have from uh, Olympus and OMD. Uh, but the, um, so I'm, you know, dealing with all this stuff and I'm used to the, cause they're technologically deep, right? Okay. There's just so much stuff there. Right. And, uh, and then I go to this conference and half the people, at least half uh, are uh, using old, um, uh, DSLRs with the the mirror boxes, and they're it's basically uh, digital are they, technology. Are they purists? No, they're oh, they're basically Luddites? they're a bit of both. So <laughs> there's two issues with uh, these um, these cameras is that it, it's expensive to make the transition. Right. So I mean, I transitioned a long time ago, and and it was a different time, and it was cheaper yeah right and then built upon that um but uh and you know i have a bit of a luxury that i'm right. pretty comfortable in terms of my financial position uh but there's a lot of these photographers um that they're not you know that it's hard to make sure. a living as a professional oh photographer. absolutely yeah so in yeah. fact most of these professional photographers they have other gigs right right they doing something else yeah um, selling pants at sears or whatever well i have a friend of mine who is a, <laughs> working a, at the sears photoshop well she's a canon ambassador uh, she does all kinds of stuff for photography right but she's also a part owner of a flooring company okay and so she spends the daytime doing the flooring stuff yeah. and the nighttime doing... hey this is this so, has often been the artist's way right yeah but yeah. uh so uh, but there are other people that so it's it's such a sideline right. thing for them yeah that um uh, it has to make money or they can't afford to do it. So, sure. I mean, DSLRs work great. They create great images. Yeah. Um, to, so to switch to mirrorless is a big leap because now you have to, you have to transition everything. Kind of. Yeah. And it's, um, so it's not a minor investment. No. It's, so it's it, coffee here. 
So it uh, it's been so it, it but so there's some people that are fearful of, of the mirrorless cameras, and I'm right. going like, why are you fearful of this thing? It's been around for a long time now. It's dangerous. And uh, and then there's others that have it's been absolutely embraced it. Yes. Yeah. Did I tell you I took a a picture of a of a monkey punching a clown? Is this a dad joke? And nobody thought it was funny. <laughs> you know why? Why? I shot it with a humorless camera. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, oh, hey, last thing I was thinking about AI, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Drew Carey got in some trouble. Why? Because, so Drew Carey has a, a weekly podcast now. Oh, okay. And a couple weeks ago, Is he, he still doing this uh, Price is Right thing? I don't know. I don't watch network television. Mm-hmm. I was telling my dad this. He's talking about all these shows yesterday. I'm like, we don't watch network television. But anyhow, Drew Carey let AI do his show. Really? Yeah. Like script it or? No, I don't think so. And so it did a, an entire podcast. He basically took the night off and he let AI with a voice generator sounded like him do a show. And he was highly criticized uh, for it. But he was like, ah, eh, you know, just play it, play it, right? Experimenting. Playing, experimenting. Right? Well, that's what artists And so I, do, I right? listened to an excerpt of it and. I mean, it's banal, but then again, it's, it's, it's a podcast. It's not like, are you, you suggesting know, we're banal? No, but <laughs> I'm suggesting that it's not that complicated, no. you know, and he doesn't speak, he does it solo. Right. So yeah. it just babbled a bunch of stuff oh, okay. in a Drew Carey voice. I don't know if it took calls or whatever, but it was like, okay. So it won't be long before you have AI generated podcasts. Um, all by itself, right? But can you imagine, like, so, like, Tucker Tucker Carlson just got canned from Fox. <laughs> I'm sure that's got to do with the yeah. Dominion decision. Oh. But anyway, like, I'm sure. There's been a lot of theories about exactly what happened. But he Let's clearly... Just say that he stood up to Rupert Murdoch maybe one time too but, many. But the comment is that he, uh, like, he clearly had no idea this thing was coming. No, apparently not, right? No. Because Friday, he's like, We'll see you. We'll be back we'll on, see Monday. You on Monday. Yeah. And then it's just like, and apparently yeah. the episode on Friday was kind of the usual outrage. Yeah. And, and uh, I heard a really false, good theory about false, from, from Bo the fifth. He's like, when you want to reassert control, which is what Rupert Murdoch, I mean, it's just cost him $787 million. Uh, you fire the most contentious person on your staff, right? The person who is the most likely to challenge you. And there's a lot of talk about Tucker maybe started thinking he was untouchable and he's the number one ranked guy. And, you know, and so who do you, who do you take out and shoot that guy? Right. And so uh, that's what they're saying. Now, apparently he he's going to get paid. They're paying out his contract, which I think extended out at least a couple more years, 20 million bucks a year. So he's getting his money. Right. And now there's talk about him maybe wanting to run either for vice president or on Trump's president. ticket. Or maybe for president, apparently he wanted to run in 2028, but now maybe he'll look I, at 2024. I can't, I can't, I, I Can mean, you imagine? My understanding is he hates Trump, so I, yeah. I think it would be uh, hard, and especially since that came out, I don't think Trump. They're so Trump would these be, people are so soulless. Well, there that, was this uh, this guy. You know, if they if Trump thought he could win the presidency again by pairing up with. Tucker Carlson, he would do it in a minute. 
you can't tell me that Trump and Mike Pence in any way, shape or form liked each other, right? It is just so craven what they do. Well, there's this guy, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's from North Carolina. Okay. So he is, um, he is, uh, a democratic, uh, congressman. What's his His name? name is, uh, Jeff Jackson. I've heard about this guy. I've seen him before. He is amazing on TikTok. So he's a TikToker. Right. And he's got like 2 million followers or something like, like quite successful in this. And it's very, uh, it's, it's like a layman's approach to what's going on in Congress right now. Right. So it is very, uh, it is not polarized. Nice. It is very even keel. And he basically started talking. Uh, so he's kind of the opposite of Marjorie Taylor Greene. So Mar- uh, Marjorie yes. Taylor Greene is always. Um, Aggrieved. Yes. <laughs> and apparently as soon as the cameras are off and they're behind closed doors, she's not. So she's she, not. It's like a switch. It's of course. Like, it's performative. So yes. it's basically as soon as there's cameras. Well, we have the same nonsense here in, in our Canadian political well, landscape, except, right? Except I think Danielle Smith doesn't understand. Oh, I'm talking about. When the about, cameras are on well, and I'm when thinking, the cameras are I'm on. thinking more of uh, uh, Pierre, Pierre Poliev. Yeah. Pierre Poliev, right? yeah. Like nobody can be that aggrieved all the time. Well, and. And, 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 and still not get punched and, in the face. And it's Pierre Poliev, except. Uh, I think all through high school, wasn't he called Jeff? Wasn't it? He went by Jeff. It's like a different name. Isn't that amazing? I did not need to hear that today. Jesus. We got all the, we got Dahmer, now Poliev. We need, we need a couple more Jeff. We got Jeff Foxworthy. So that's on the plus side, man. Really? Yeah. I think his name is. Oh, it's Pierre Polyer. Let's see what it. Uh... There's all kinds of sketchy stuff about that guy, right? He doesn't have a security clearance. There's something about his wife being related to some sort of North uh, uh, South American dictators at Argentina. Like it's very suspicious stuff. Yeah, his um, his I think it was like Jeff, um. So Pierre is Pierre Marcel Poliev. Yeah, uh, I can't even pronounce his last name, Poliev. And um, but he uh, yeah used to hang out with Stockwell Day. And, yeah, of course. Yeah, so he's. You are the five people you hang out with the most often, right? <laughs> anyway, I, I I read that when he was like when he was in high school and university, he I think he went by it was. It was like Jeff or something like that. Some it was a very which is odd. A very if his name is Pierre Marcel. Why would you just? It was a very Anglo name. Call me Jeff. Call me Jeff. What? Why not Rodney or uh, Montague or something? Yeah. So I'll I'll look it you up. You know what's a really Anglo name? Alistair. That's a very Anglo name, right? That's true. You don't meet in, uh, too many Alistairs that have a, a foreign accent. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. All right, Alistair. Okay. Uh, so, what uh, what media have you been consuming? Did you watch the end of Picard? I did. And? I liked it. My wife, not so much, but I liked it. I liked it. I many thought- endings. And now they're talking seriously. Uh, what's his name? Um, 
oh shit i can't remember now but the uh the guy that's the little jack crusher no no the at the studio so terry metallis was the showrunner but oh his name escapes me but the guy that's basically the 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 the, the kevin feige of star trek has said we've heard the fans loud and clear about the desire for legacy which would have seven of nine and uh basically the crew of the enterprise g yeah, yeah. spoiler alert spoiler they alert. would carry on and they might even see if they can figure out a way to bring back uh, todd stashwick because who's todd stashwick uh liam shaw captain Liam. Oh, right, right, because right. people have really embraced that character he was pretty good oh it was such an, an amazing arc i've seen a bunch of interviews with him and like it just had so much fun you know going from that that clearly unlikable character but but taking a little bit of the the, the vinegar out of of Picard and Riker and you know <laughs> yeah, exactly. the perspective of just a, a workaday captain who's like yeah you know you guys the the big superstars right but crash this ship cause that problem right <laughs> exactly uh, to his save the universe to the how many so, times did you save the universe so I really liked it and then Q the the Q again we're giving away spoilers here but uh, that's the, a post Q reveal post credit yeah it was kind of fun mid credit scene the uh, yeah, I actually. I thought uh, you were dead. You humans think in such linear terms. <laughs> exactly. That was. Uh, that was. I thought that was interesting because basically they created the potential for two, two spinoffs. Yes. And I have to say that pretty much every scene Jerry Ryan was in as Seven of Nine stole. Like she was just. What do they call it? Chomping the scenery. Like yeah, absolutely. She just absolutely yeah. stole every yeah. scene she was in yeah because so she's she's great i'm, I'm they gotta give michael dorn a shot at his own series though because he, but he, he, he was not young anymore. no he's 70 70 yeah him and um frakes are the same age okay uh brent spiner's 74 okay i mean these are these guys are They're getting up, up there. there i think uh the youngest of them is uh, lavar burton he's only 66 so he was quite young back in the back day. Back in the day. Uh, Stuart is 82. Yeah, and I mean. Gates McFadden, I think, is 74 as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I thought that, uh, well, I thought Gates McFadden, she didn't look too bad, but. Yeah. Uh, Clearly she's had some work done. Yeah, apparently she says that she hasn't, but there's some freaky yeah. stuff there. Uh, Marina Sirtis looked good. She's She's not been well. She's had cancer. Oh, really? Oh, quite a few years ago. Okay. And then her husband passed away unexpectedly, like 18 months ago or something. Oh, wow. I don't remember who he was. He was some sort of Hollywood executive type and died fairly unexpectedly. So, you know, stuff takes a toll, right? Yeah. But uh, wow. but I thought the, the chemistry between the cast was awesome. I thought I thought the uh, uh, I thought the uh, ending was was good. You knew that you knew that they were gonna win. Yeah, uh, even though it's always seemed like a no opportunity to survive. That's and, right. And and I have to say that Picard, Picard, I, I thought the first two seasons of Picard were really good, um, because it kind of played on his age and yep. all that stuff. And then, but this one, this season, it was a bit more. He was a bit more of a an almost quasi action hero, and clearly bit. not able to carry that true because he's i mean he's not young no although i mean i you know he was you looked a uh, lot older than everybody else some of his exposition 
you know, and I, and I love how they kind of played with that. Jerry Ryan, you know, talking about how uh, the drive-by Picard speech, you yeah. know, oh, you are your father's son, the, the famous little diatribe kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And then he does two or three of them at the end. Yeah. I thought it was good. I mean, it was there was problems with it. Um, Riker and, and Troy seem to forget that they have a daughter, right? <laughs> like, like, there's a couple mentions of her, but you know, clearly she's on earth and everybody's been taken over by the Borg and yeah, she's yeah. under 25 and they're not like, I hope Kestra, Kestra is okay. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're on the ship. Um, what was another plot hole they were talking about? Well, it, um, so, I mean, for the plot, the plot over oh, the season, the, the whole thing about earth, they're like, if earth falls, there goes Federation. People are like, what about Andor? What about Teller, uh, uh, Tellar? What about Vulcan, right? Well, Vulcan is gone, though, isn't it? No, not in uh, not in this universe. Vulcan is gone in the JJ-verse, not right. in the Prime universe. Okay. It's like Marvel movies. It's so hard to You have to start going. mapping all that out, right? Yeah. Anyway. So anyhow. So I thought it was great. Uh, Better Call Saul. Did you watch it? I'm halfway through. I think I've watched six of the 13 episodes. Oh my God. Over, so, over the course of like a week. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. So that's just fun. Um, Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. We're no, we still have uh, the kids were away. Oh my. I, I sort of said, I'm just going to watch it by myself. And I got some serious pushback. No, you're not. Wait. All right. So I've heard it's, uh, I've heard mixed reviews about it. Some people thought it was awesome. Other people, and I've stayed away from the details. I've just seen the headlines on, on YouTube and whatnot. Um, uh, I liked it. I thought it like was it? really good. Uh, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was well done. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it, 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 it goes well, tells a good story. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> you, you saw the one with, uh, the one with all the celebrities in it. Nope. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jack Black and Christopher Lloyd. And... Okay, so that's the only one that kind of is a little, a little weirder. Okay, right? Because so it's kind of uh, that one is kind of like its own little episode. Kind you were of, mentioning that, yeah. Kind of independent. Is it intended to 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 be a, a launching pad for other? No, no, no. It's just uh, I I actually think it's character development for the relationship between Okatan and. Dinjarin. Yeah. Um, the rest of them are all kind of part of a bigger arc. Okay. And that one is kind of like an episode a within alone. the. Yeah. Yeah. Kind, kind of like a lot of TV shows you used to have overall series arcs. And then with a couple of episodes that kind of could stand alone. Right. If you didn't know anything about the arc, you could still watch it and it's fine. Okay. That one is like that. So, one of the weird, I think it's weird, complaints that I was reading, I, I saw a lot of people are upset about is, uh, well, he didn't take his helmet off this this season. So was Pedro Pascal even on on set, or did he just do the voiceover? And I'm like, what do you care? It's a TV show, right? Like yeah, they exactly. say, he was filming uh, The Last of Us at the same time. So yeah, maybe he didn't spend a bunch of time on on set. You know, body doubles are a pretty common thing in action sequences. Yeah, you and can do like, the whole thing. Like, you can do it's ADR. Not like, not like James Earl Jones was in the in the Darth Vader suit, man. That's right. right? Like, what's the problem? Exactly. But apparently a bunch of people are upset about this. He's not even in the suit. It's a TV show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was it, it could have been a CGI suit. Yeah. Could have been worse. Right? <laughs> Guess what? Mark Hamill wasn't really wasn't really in the uh, Mandalorian. Don't think that or was, was even, it was it uh, Boba Fett? Boba Fett, yeah. Don't even think that was his body. 
No, no, it was totally different. Right. Some different person. Mark Hamill is like 69 years old or something. Yeah. Right. He's not wielding a lightsaber and spinning around, and, you know? Exactly. Get real. Uh, what else are you consuming? Uh, well, that's basically, I, I saw all of Last of, uh, Last of Us. I, I watched that. You mentioned and, that. Yeah. Um, I think that's it right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's call her up. We're gonna right. So you gonna, are traveling soon. Yeah. So we're gonna have a, about a three week Portugal, a three week break, uh, and then we'll have a couple of episodes before our hundredth episode. Right. So that'll awesome. be super cool. Cool. And we will tape our hundredth episode. So we'll have live video from for... Portugal. No. Oh damn. Be... <laughs> I was trying to sneak me a trip to Portugal there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's uh, that's the episode for this week. Right on. And well, Mark, have a great trip. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk before you go. Well, you're leaving Monday, are you? Monday, yeah. yeah. So, and uh, your brother's joining you. Yeah, and so I'm staying be, with family, uh, so it'll be... Uh, are you traveling around the country at all, or are you going to be pretty local to where you're staying? I don't know yet. I haven't yeah. figured it out yet. Go back to Sintra? Oh, probably. Sintra's very close to Lisbon, yeah. so uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Enjoy. Excellent. All right. I will. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.